fourth episode of Nutrition Tactics Talks. And this is a show where we, a bunch of nutrition and exercise scientists, talk about nutrition and exercise. So my name is Joran Trommelen. I'm mainly interested in uh, optimal protein intake for muscle mass and function. We have uh, Milan Betts, who is mostly interested on optimizing muscle metabolism through increasing blood flow to the muscles. We have Alejandra, who uh, I call Floof, who's mostly interested in keeping older adults uh, healthy and fit uh, through training and nutrition. And we have Cas Fuchs, who uh, uses advanced scanning uh, methods to measure muscle mass and function. So the topic of today is creatine. Um, Cas, you just mentioned you're using creatine. So can you briefly cover what it is and why you take it? Yes, I can. Um, I am using it indeed because it's really a good. Actually, I think we can all agree if we look at the supplements in general that there's a lot of bullshit and crap around on the market. Well, this is Way a family safe uh, channel, Gus, so I have to cut you ah, off there. Okay, okay. So maybe you put like a peep on that. Or something <laughs> like that. <laughs> well, Milan um, does the editing. Okay, too, too late. So just, just check that. It's not live, is it? <laughs> Anyways, um, so yeah, I think creatine, it's well known and I think it's already mentioned a zillion times. So for those people that have heard this before, it's not new, but for those that may be new to this, it's actually one of the most, maybe actually the most research uh, supplement. And it's also actually shown over and over and over to be, uh, to be um, uh, working, so to be effective. Um, so what does it basically do? It allows me, if I look at put it at, at, at my position, uh, if you if I do strength exercises, it actually allows me to do a little bit more reps in the gym because it's a very fast source of energy. Um, and also, I mean, it's also at least for for example bodybuilders, it can be uh, beneficial. Not only that you are able to do more repetitions in a gym with whatever kind of exercise you're doing. Also, your muscles are swelling up a little bit because of the water retention in the cells. So you look a bit more, well, you look bigger. Um, I'm not sure if it also counts to the head, Jorn. You just always said that I had a water head because of using creatine. I, I assume that was a joke. Um, <laughs> so now you see like the muscle cells are getting more um, swollen. So you also you, you just look bigger. I mean, that can also then actually be a disadvantage for other types of sports where you don't want to have the extra weight. Uh, carrying if you for example like a climber with cycling or something and you're very care you need to be careful with how much body mass you have to uh, carry uphill uh, but for some sports such as bodybuilding it's actually a very good supplement that's why i'm using it so uh you sound quite positive for anyone who does something like strength sports but it's not necessarily for everyone i think that uh that summarizes your your view yeah, I wouldn't take it in any case, uh, depending on the type of sports I'm doing. But I think it's generally speaking for, for strength exercise for, I think, by far most of the people that are in that area. So bodybuilding, powerlifting, uh, weightlifting, it's a very beneficial supplement. But you also do a bit of mountain biking, right? So I, I used to with Milan, but uh, then uh, I said it's a long time ago, Milan. Maybe we should do that again at some point. But We should join. Yeah, nothing goes over bodybuilding, so <laughs> <laughs> maybe it's maybe at some point. Are you still there's still yeah, that's another that's another story. Yeah, but don't forget your heart, Cus, and your blood flow. 
I, I'll oh, take care of <laughs> Ah, that's true. <laughs> Milan trying to hijack the show with blood flow. So, uh, Alejandra, uh, could you tell us a little bit more about why the heck Cass thinks he can do more reps with uh, with creatine? Uh, can you just tell a little bit like how, how muscle contraction works and uh, what, what the role of creatine uh, could be in that? Yeah, so basically, uh, in order to like have a muscle contraction and, and do like work with your muscle, so like, you know, produce power, you need to have like energy, right? Uh, and so there's this molecule called ATP, but maybe it's a bit too difficult for people, but basically uh, it's what allows you to, to get energy and to, to produce work. Um, so what creatine does is that uh, when you have more creatine in your muscle, um, you can have more of this ATP molecule uh, in your muscle as well because it binds to it. So that's essentially just how it works, that if you have more ATP, uh, then you have more power. And if you have more creatine, you have more ATP. So uh, never forget that we have the smartest and most attractive listeners in the whole world. So they know what it's ATP true. is, don't, don't worry. True. <laughs> uh, but uh, somewhat related to that, so you mentioned ATP for fast fuel and then creatine can kind of recharge it. But I also hear always people talk about carbohydrates and fats as fuel. So aren't those fuels for muscle or uh, can you just explain how yeah so basically they are kind of fuel for sure but uh in the end they are also used to create or like make atp available uh so it's not that you're taking the carbohydrate and that is your energy it's actually like if you take it in smaller terms the atp that is your energy yeah so in, uh, the way i always think about it is uh that so we live in the Netherlands and uh, we use the Euro to, to pay with. And if someone gives me dollars, I'm pretty happy because I can use it. Uh, the thing is, I would just first have to convert those dollars to Euros and then I can pay with it. So uh, everything else like carbohydrates and fats, just like you say, you need to convert them to ATP and then ATP is the, the final thing that you uh, use. So that converting of carbohydrates and fats into ATP, we would call that metabolism, essentially. Maybe on a brief note there, or maybe just, just relevant to say, I guess, um, ATP is also that was something we can store in the body, but only in limited amounts. And people may wonder why, if, why do you not just store like, just a, like a ton of ATP if that's so relevant? But that's, of course, because it's very heavy for those people that, that, that are interested in this. So that, that's why it makes it's more efficient for the body to store it in, in other ways, such as creatine and then go to the carbs and the fats, etc. So you can eventually make ATP out of it. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's uh, a really good point. It's a good point. And then kind of related to that, it's not directly related to creatine, but hopefully interesting. Uh, so why don't we store all our energy then as uh, fat, for example? uh or carbohydrates or is there like what what determines what ratio we store all uh, all our energy essentially yeah so i think at least if i get if i understand or think the point that you're getting at um i mean it's all like relevant for for different purposes so for example um if we are going for like 
high intensity types of exercise, then carbohydrates is much more beneficial because we needed a more efficient kind of uh, fuel source. Uh, but also there, um, if you look at carbohydrates compared to fats, fats are more efficient to store. Um, so if you think about just walking, I mean, you will use all the energy systems that you have in your body all the time. So think about ATP, creatine, fats, carbohydrates, but fats are predominant if you're very at a very low intensity and you can store them very efficiently. So one gram of fat is nine kilocalories, nine uh, per one, per one gram of fat, you have one, nine calories. Whereas with carbohydrates, that's four. Um, but on the other hand, if you're going to sprint, then your, your, your body is, is needs to have ATP much faster and you can, you can get it more efficient from carbohydrates. So then the carbohydrate stores are more being, being used more than the fats, for example. Um, so that's basically like a trade-off that the body always has to make with, okay, what's the most efficient to store if I'm maybe more in a relaxed state, if I just walk or maybe just even lay down on the couch compared to if I have to sprint, then, okay, then it's maybe um i need to have the carbohydrates but i don't want to store too much carbohydrates because it's more efficient to use fat and actually on most most of the time during the day you need the fats anyways because you're in a more relaxing state instead of you're not running the entire day so that's basically yeah, yeah. no it's it's uh, exactly like you mentioned if you would store all your energy as carbohydrates you could more readily use it but you would also be twice as heavy um because yep. Uh, well, it's store it has half the energy per gram, like you uh, mentioned. Not to if we go into even more detail, you need extra water to store carbohydrates, so you would be exactly. much, much, much bigger and larger. Uh, so, so even a bigger water hat, then. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, uh, Milan, uh, creatine, it's a, it's a supplement. Uh, where does it come from? Do we make it in a, a factory? Uh, do we extract it from food? <laughs> you didn't spot it yet. No, I, I actually <laughs> you didn't. You put it there on purpose, that guy. What a beauty. Well, so, it's actually expired. So, <laughs> you don't spot it yet. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna blur all those things out until we get sponsored. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, so could you uh, tell us a little bit? Uh, like, well, apparently you can have uh, ugly bags with it. Uh, where does it come from? I mean, um, it's funny if you think about it. We have it like in our muscles, like you say. So, if you eat meat, that's also muscle. From so maybe uh, sorry to interrupt, but just a very simple question why why do we store it in our muscles and not everywhere else because you want to use it in your muscles <laughs> so yeah yeah i think we already kind of covered you want to have creatine as like a fast energy source and yeah typically muscles need it if you for example go for a sprint or like a very heavy set in the gym um, then you need a lot of energy very quickly. So then it makes sense that you know, it's stored in the muscle. And I think that already answers the question where, where does it come from? Uh, it comes from muscles. So if you uh, just get like a nice uh, steak and think also in fish, like uh, there should be quite some, uh, some creatine in there. But I think the reason why it's so popular as a supplement is that it's only, yeah, there's only a limited amount in, in the meat that you eat. And apparently you can yeah, still increase your creatine levels by, by supplementing 
or yeah otherwise you would have to like eat a couple kilo of meat every day like that's not really realistic i think like we did the last tuesday <laughs> exactly so for the viewers, nice barbecue for the viewers we had a, a barbecue uh, earlier this week and we were weighing how much uh, how much meat everyone ate and uh, well i can't give you the numbers but it was uh, impressive uh, for some of us because uh, so, um, so even... if i understand correctly you're saying there's a little bit in our nutrition but not enough to get the optimal amount um and since it's mostly in meat, then if I think in the other direction, does that mean that uh, vegetarians and vegans are lower uh, in in creatine because they don't eat meat? Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I think also um, some studies have shown that especially in vegetarians, creatine is even more effective uh, just because their uh, yeah, natural body storage of creatine is quite low. So I think especially if you're if you're like a vegan or a vegetarian bodybuilder or sprinter or like explosive kind of athlete, then I would probably uh, supplement with, with creatine. Yeah, so, Not a, yeah. so they go that the increase in muscle creatine is more is higher in vegetarians. Uh, I think that's what you're saying. Uh, yeah. But does that mean there's like a limit, like a maximum amount of creatine you can store in your muscles or is it? everyone can get plus 20 for example no i do think there's there's a limit like i'm not sure how much exactly but i think uh, i think some people maybe if you already eat quite some meat or maybe just genetics i'm not really sure but i think some people can be already quite close to the to the limit i think that's also why you sometimes see like uh, responders versus non-responders so yeah, I, I do think that some people naturally are quite high and yeah, if you then supplement it, maybe uh, it's not much of a difference, but yeah, it's pretty difficult to, to really know, I think, if you are naturally high in creatine or not. And I mean, typically if you take like a new supplement, you're gonna have a placebo effect for sure. So I mean, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, I think it's probably impossible to know or just take a muscle biopsy and measure it. Yeah. So uh, you mentioned with a lot of meat, you can get some creatine. Uh, I'm just wondering what amounts of creatine would you take in a supplement? Like how long would that bag last you if, uh, if you actually ever took it? <laughs> it's been sitting uh, over there. Well, actually not even over there. It was like somewhere in there. <laughs> so you really uh, put it for this. Yeah, you're, you're <laughs> shilling. Yeah, I did. <laughs> Show up. Um, I mean, yeah, depends. I think uh, depends on how you supplement it. I think typically over the over the long term, you take like a couple grams per day. But sometimes if you want to like increase your creatine levels uh, quickly, you can do like a loading phase. Then you take like 20 grams per day for like a week or something. Uh, so I think then, yeah, with that rate, you go, uh, you use a bag like that pretty quickly. But I think usually after that loading phase, just a couple grams per day um yeah it's it's not that much actually you can uh with a bag like this yeah that's a small one i think it's like half a kilo or something yeah you can you can calculate it <laughs> how long is... <laughs> i'm not a mathematician <laughs> like a hundred days so gus what's uh, what protocol are you uh, using right now 
Yeah, I did the loading phase. I think I did uh, when I started actually a while ago. I think I did five or seven, between five to seven days, 20 grams. And then I went over to at least five grams a day. And then sometimes, for example, over the last period, I, I was away for a weekend somewhere and I, I kind of didn't bring my creatine. So then, of course, I didn't ingest it. But that was only for one, maybe max two days. But generally speaking, I take at least five grams in my breakfast every morning. And that's kind of the what Milan correctly said, like the maintenance uh, kind of dose you can you can you can stick to. Okay. And, um, so yeah. You, yeah, you mentioned a maintenance dose. So with loading, you get it high, and then with a maintenance dose, you keep it high. Uh, do you do that forever, or do you uh, at some point stop? And if you stop, what happens then? Yeah, that's an interesting point because the the back to when I started about I think maybe more than 10 years ago, I, I remember that a lot of people, uh, bodybuilders, for example, and also in, in, the, in the literature, okay, you, you, you use it for a while, let's say two, three months, and you got to go off again to go back to, to the baseline, maybe also for like a certain washout period for, I don't know, a month, maybe two months, and then you can, can do it again. But I think these days you see more and more people, they also just stay on it um, and they keep using it. And the last time I read about it, it was also, I think, a study that they looked, I'm, I don't know this by heart, by the way, but I think it was about three years or something, and they didn't see any problems with people being on creatine for about three years at least. Um, so I think nowadays you see more a shift to people not going off anymore, and they keep using or stay on that maintenance dose. So, I mean, it's, I think it's a bit up to, up to the individual now, what they shoot or what they want to do with it. Uh, but it seems to be so far if you keep doing it for a bit longer than what they initially said it's still it's still fine yeah i think um with creatine like yeah indeed there's probably no like negative consequences of taking it uh, like just continuously except maybe on your bank account because uh, you have to keep buying the supplement but i do think with creatine that once you're kind of uh, at your like max capacity in your muscle if you go off of it then it takes quite a while for it to to uh go back down to baseline. And I don't remember what the numbers were, but I thought it was even more than just a, a month or two that actually like for quite some time, like you're remain quite much higher than your baseline, uh, which is quite nice because it doesn't take too long to get to your max uh, with supplementation. But then uh, when you're done with supplementing, it also stays quite high for a while. So uh, I've uh, heard you guys discuss loading and then also well, maintenance and then a slow decline um, but you often see like pre-workout mixes well they typically have all the ingredients thrown in there just so that the average consumer thinks like oh 20 ingredients this must be good but it also includes uh, creatine often uh, does that then even make uh, sense uh, Alejandra like if you have uh, let's say you go to the gym three times a week uh, the only supplement you ever take is your pre-workout with 20 ingredients and a little bit of creatine three times a week. Is that going to do anything or should you actually take much more creatine to ever get high enough? I mean, I think it depends on a couple of things. And one of them that I'm thinking of is how much creatine is actually in there. Um, yeah, I, I don't, I never actually thought about this, but if you go to the gym often enough and always take this 
pre-workout that has like let's say three grams of creatine in it then you're probably going to like have a higher creatine level than if you didn't uh and maybe also at max but i i'm not sure actually yeah. If you would do it indeed for long enough, you can also reach the same same effect if you would compare to the, the loading phase. But I think maybe whereas with the loading phase, you do it within five, seven days with that normal dose, you, you reach it maybe after a month or something. But yeah, you're right. Then you have to do the you have to take that, that pre-workout then basically kind of every day. And I mean, I think the benefit of a pre-workout is also a different uh, kind of discussion, but um yeah, it's true what you yeah, what you say, or and you see you see it all the time in all the pre workouts. You see it's creatine and like a lot of other other kind of supplements, but so that's always part of it. Based on that, would you say, cause that uh, you are just uh, going to the gym with a buddy, and he says like, "Oh gosh, you look a bit tired. Why don't you try my pre workout?" And you're like, "Sure, I'll give it a try." Uh, it's just the first time you ever take that pre workout. Is the let's say it even has three grams of creatine is that three grams of creatine going to help you that workout or not really well i think in my case no because i already take the creatine um if i wouldn't take the creatine i think that's maybe a more relevant question then um i doubt it i doubt that that short fast i doubt that that will give me the benefit during a training if i would because you take it always right before so i don't i don't believe that will be of any benefit now I think in a pre-workout, it's mostly the caffeine uh, part, and we had like a different podcast about that. That's what's what gives you some of the benefits, and not the creatine. Okay, so my uh, next topic is for our pasta queen. Uh, when should you take uh, creatine? Like with all these supplements, you always have like this this checklist. Like, should you take it on an empty stomach, which is recommended for some supplements? Should you take it with a meal? Sometimes it's recommended with like sugary stuff for insulin um any takes on that uh, alejandra yeah so fun fact uh, now research shows that uh yeah the uptake of creatine is uh, better uh, when you have carbohydrates so that's why i think it's smart of some of these like creatine drinks that they also have sugar in them because uh, that helps the uptake uh, of the creatine in your muscles because of blood flow <laughs> <laughs> so uh let's say you have uh, people who are dieting who don't necessarily want sugary drinks and the small amount of carbs they rather have some oats for example uh, that fills them up uh would you say well question one is if you take creatine quite far away from any carb are you gonna waste that or is still most of it absorbed and then the second question is if is something else then uh, a really sugary carb still kind of okay or should it really be like sugar for a big insulin spike i mean yeah from my opinion uh, i think that regardless of when you take it if you take it with a meal or not or with a sugary drink or not if you're taking it long enough, if you do the loading phase or not, you're still going to increase your creatine in your muscles. Uh, I think it's just about like how fast that occurs or how efficiently that occurs. But in the end, if you're supplementing for a month, you're going to be like basically at your max anyways. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Completely agree. And now uh, let's flip it around. Uh, 
what's the impact of creatine on carbohydrate uptake? And I think that's a question for Gus because he's in love with uh, glycogen uh, repletion. <laughs> so let's say uh, Gus, uh, yeah, you have, I don't know, an endurance athlete that uh, the only thing he cares about is the fastest possible uh, glycogen repletion. Can uh, creatine be helpful there or? Yeah, there are some studies that, that do show it. Um, and I think always with that topic, it's interesting or relevant to, to keep the practical side into account. Um, and that's just briefly to say, if you are carb loading, um, let's say after an event, or if you need to have like full, fully stored carbohydrate stores in the muscle, it's, it's, it generally takes just a day, just 24 hours to take a lot of carbohydrates in. So of course you need to then eat a lot of carbohydrates, but then it's within about 24 hours, you have fully filled your stores if you depleted them beforehand. Um, so for most people, I don't really think that's very relevant, uh, but if you then need to really make sure somehow uh, for those people that do need to replenish them really fast and they had like a very depleting kind of exercise session before, then there indeed are some there is some work that shows that actually it could speed up things but i don't even think it's that clear if it does um and i'm also looking at you right there now Jorn, if it does that within actually 24 hours yeah that i from the top of my head i i was under the impression that it did um, but it's not like i have it in front of me now but i thought that even after six hours you can uh, see an increase but like you mentioned much earlier, uh, with endurance activities, typically extra body weight is a disadvantage. So you kind of would have to weigh mm -hmm. it versus uh, the the little bit of water retention you get with creatine and whether the extra uh, glycogen is going to compensate for the extra weight you have to carry uh, with you. So when you take both yeah, things it, into consideration, cause would you, for the average endurance athlete, recommend creatine? Would you say avoid it at all costs? Or would you say experiment with it? Or maybe it's even different for sprinters, flat races, and like mountain races? Like what's your Yeah, instinct? exactly. I think uh, that's also studies looked at there that they, they, they provided creatine to endurance athletes. And I think if you look at the the sprinter, for example, they could definitely benefit because if you have some creatine or additional creatine near the end of the race that you can use, then that can actually benefit you in your sprints. Um, so if it's like a flat race, if you're a sprinter, I would I would definitely um, uh, try it out. Not not during a first important match, but during training sessions and see how does it feel? How does it work? Uh, is it helping? Do you not get any discomfort or whatever with it? Um, I would say for, for like, like cyclists that are more into the mountain and like the, uh, the, the real stage, uh, cyclists that are really for like the, um, the, for, for the first places on like this Tour de France and, and stuff like that for yellow Jersey, for example, I, with them, I would be more cautious. And I think there it's really, there you really have to be careful with indeed weighing the benefits compared to the cons about the extra body weight. But I think for sprinters, typically speaking, if it's like flat, flat stages, then, then they could, they could definitely benefit from it. Um, and if you then think about the recovery phase with the glycogen, then again, you have to take into account the, at least in this setting, the potential downsides of creatine, if you then 
yeah, maybe you should then look at other strategies to 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 faster or to um, increase the or accelerate the replenishment of your uh, glycogen stores rather than creating for most of the cyclists. So I think one of you mentioned uh, potential side effects earlier, or well, I think someone said like uh, it's it's pretty safe anyway. Um, so with, with all supplements, of course, side effects are always a concern. Are there any known side effects or uh, would you regard creatine pretty safe? Uh, whoever wants to chime in. So I'm not an expert on all the side effects from creatine. I know that a lot of people talk about the side effects quite a lot, like uh, like cramping and all that stuff. But I'm pretty sure that if you look at literature, there's actually not that much like evidence for it. Um, but yeah, I don't know. The funny thing is if everyone says like, oh, creatine, you're going to have cramps and then you take creatine and then at some point you get a cramp, you're like, oh shit, it's because of the creatine, right? So yeah, I, I'm not sure, but I don't think there's a lot of uh, side effects. I think think some, sometimes people say that there are other side effects, but I can't really remember. Usually they say cramps, but I think you're right, Milan. It's kind of not only anecdotally. Sometimes people say you get a waterhead from it. <laughs> <laughs> but other, other than that, I think it's uh, I think that's why uh, why Milan stopped taking the creatine because it's not as big yeah, your head does look a little bit more normal now. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> That's why I have to keep taking it, otherwise my head is actually way too small. Now it's kind of normal. <laughs> yeah, so with, uh, with respect to the cramping, if you just look in the literature, there's just no evidence uh, for it. I think where it might have come from is because people hear like, oh yeah, something with water retention. So creatine shifts water around in the body. And isn't that like dehydration is always linked to cramps. But if anything, creatine draws water to the muscle. So it should be the opposite. So yeah, there, mechanistically, I see no reason why there would be cramp. Uh, Unless, unless the underlying logic from someone was, well, more energy in the muscle. So when my muscle has too much energy, it needs to get rid of it. And there's a cramp, like God knows where all these ideas come from. Uh, there's just no evidence for it. Uh, there's one other very popular, uh, let's call it myth. And that is that creatine is very bad for the kidneys. Uh, since none of you commented on it, I think you all disagree with that one. Yeah, so uh, the kidneys do clear creatine uh, from the blood, for example, um, but healthy kidneys have absolutely no issue with that whatsoever. So again, there's no, there's just no evidence that any healthy person uh, would have any issue with that. Uh, people with uh, existing kidney disease, it might be a different story, but it would be a different story for many nutrients, even something simple as protein, uh, they would have to be more careful with while uh, healthy people, all those things are no issue. I actually have a, have a funny story about that because during my uh, bachelor, the biomedical sciences, at some point we had to like measure our own uh, creatinine levels 
um, which so, is yeah, yeah a, like a product from creatine and it's like secreted in your urine. Um, so we had to measure that in our own urine. So I had to like pee in the cup and whatever and like pipette and all that kind of stuff. And I think at that point, I already stopped taking creatine for like a couple months. Um, and I also did, so I didn't think about it at all. So we were measuring uh, and that kind of stuff. And like the, um, the machine just gave like an error. I was like, ah, I didn't get it. Like, I think I did all the steps right, you know? And then uh, I asked like the, the person guiding the, the practical and said, yeah, I don't get it. She said like, ah, maybe you need to like dilute it a bit. So I uh, like diluted it uh, 10 times and then it gave a different error. And she said, I think the level is too high to measure. And she was like, you don't have kidney problems? <laughs> I was like, no, not that I know of. And I was like, oh shit, wait, I did take like creatine for a very long time. And then uh, I hope that's why it was still elevated. And then uh, I ended up using data from someone else because <laughs> couldn't get couldn't measure mine um so yeah that was a bit scary yeah in uh in let's call it athletes a lot of routine uh, lab tests they don't work as well uh, you have all creatine uh, well, creatine uh, so a metabolite of creatine is a common one as you just described another one related is creatine kinase uh a floof do you, are you familiar with that one uh yes but what are you getting <laughs> so do you know like what it's sometimes used uh, for as a as a marker and would you regard it as a good or a bad marker or are you not uh familiar mm, with it? i don't feel comfortable enough uh, <laughs> with my knowledge so on this one it, it, it's for muscle uh, muscle damage so what they typically say if you have muscle damage that you get a leakage of the creatine kinase which is like that like quite a big kind of protein need that that uh, in, in your muscle and if it's leaking then that would be considered as a marker of muscle damage but um it's actually not such a great marker i mean it's used and you still see a lot in literature because it's relatively easy to take obviously your blood sample sorry serious thinking i am talking to her but i'm not um, so it's actually used um, still a lot because but taking blood is relatively easy. Let's let's say it like that. If you really want to measure muscle damage, obviously you actually should take a muscle biopsy, look under the microscope, and look at the actual damage that you that you're causing. And if you want to do it like another strategy, was probably a little bit better, but it's all very indirect, is to look at your muscle strength with like specific dynamometers such as a biodex. But I think that's what you're referring to, Jorn, that that's, that's what it's used for a lot. And if, if for those people reading the literature, you see it a lot of okay, it's used as a marker of muscle damage. And yes, it's kind of accepted in the scientific world. Um, I don't want to necessarily ditch it 100% completely here, but generally speaking, it's not the best marker. Yeah, like it's, it's almost a shame because the, from a theoretical point of view, it makes a lot of sense. So we discussed that creatine is mostly stored in muscle. So creatine kinase is an enzyme that you need to well, do things with creatine. Let's put it like that. So that enzyme is mostly present in the muscle. So if you find it all of a sudden in high concentrations in your blood, like why did it end up there? And it's like Gus said, uh, it leaked from damaged muscle tissue. So it makes a lot of sense. So you, I almost want it to work uh, because it just makes a lot of sense. But in practice, 
like if you see a lot of creatine kinase, it's more like an indication like, okay, maybe something happened. Maybe there's some muscle damage, but it's definitely not the case that if one person has it twice as high as someone else, that he had two times as much uh, muscle damage. Yeah. Um, another thing that uh, I think it was you, uh, Alejandra, that you covered was uh, that creatine can hurt your bank account. Uh, so there are all kinds of creatines, like probably like 50 plus. Um, do they all work? Is one better than the other? Uh, I know that the prices are all over the place. Uh, do you have any recommendations for uh, the listeners? Which one yeah. you would recommend? Yeah, for sure. So there are a bunch of different types of creatine products uh, out there on the markets. Uh, you see a lot like... Uh, the creatine monohydrate, but you also see different types of chemical names put behind creatine. And uh, they all do have creatine in it. So theoretically, they will all get you to the place where you want to be. However, um, it's all about kind of like how much creatine you're getting for the price that you're paying um, and for how much you have to ingest. So creatine monohydrate is the lightest uh, molecule of creatine. Uh, where So that means that when you're taking, for example, five grams of creatine monohydrate, you're basically getting five grams of creatine because the monohydrate part is very light. But when you're taking, let's say, uh, I don't know the name of another one, but a different uh, creatine product that has a different molecule on it, then let's say five grams of that product will only get you three grams of actual creatine. So in the end, creatine monohydrate is the one that I would recommend to get because you're actually getting... Um, the most amount of creatine in every gram of product. Yeah, I, I fully agree. And I think else you also have a nice story here, uh, Alejandra and, and the rest, because this reminds me to a time, and this is quite a long time ago, I was once um, guiding a professional football player in the Netherlands, and he was playing for one of the Dutch teams. And he was also having an extra personal trainer outside his normal training sessions to become better and better because he wanted to achieve more than than let's say average so yeah once asked me because i was guiding him a little bit about the nutrition part around his his, his trainings and his match plays and uh, match days etc and then he once said hey do you want to join me because i'm going to go to the personal trainer like this day and every week he went there and was like in a different city in the netherlands uh, quite a bit quite a drive from from let's back then i was living near eindhoven Maybe I shouldn't say exactly where it was and who it was because you never know who's going to listen to this. But I was there and I went to that, that gym from a personal trainer who also worked previously for quite some professional Dutch football teams. And he was at some point saying that, uh, yeah, we, Cos, uh, what do you think about uh, this kind of creatine? And then I can't even remember which one it was because it's probably 10, not, not 10 years, but uh, yeah, a long time ago. And it wasn't creatine mono either. It was creatine ester something. With Probably like a creatine lot of, ethyl ester, that one. Uh, yeah, something like yeah. that. He was like, yeah, because this is much better absorbed and this is uh, faster and it doesn't give you the water retention and all that stuff. And he was having a list of things why it was better than the normal monohydrate. And I was like, what, what are you talking about? But he was so like, he was so serious and so, so like without any doubts in cost, this is better because this, 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 this. There was no doubt, not even kind of a question. Well, this is the case. This is already 100% true. So shall we maybe not give it to him? And I was like, um, what am I going? Because he's still, yeah, 
you kind of want to still be nice and kind of say, yeah, you're actually wrong. But um, I'm trying to just explain how it was. And, and, and but I think what's, what's the, the main message here is that the marketing is very strong on some kinds of creatine. So for those people looking online, which is what he did, they read like, okay, this is better than the, the average normal creatine because of this and this and this reason. And if you don't look further and you don't really try to understand how it works, then, then it's easy to believe that. And then a lot of people believe that this more expensive creatine is better because it doesn't have the, let's say, disadvantages of normal creatine, if you can consider them. But for example, water retention, again, can be disadvantaged for some athletes. So I, I wonder with that, like the whole claim of uh, you don't get water at retention, where do they even, like, how can they even market it like that? That's what yeah. I mean. Yeah, they just state it. They say like it's better absorbed, it's better this, it's better that. Um, yeah, people say so many things about the supplements. Google on a That's supplement, crazy. and you see a list of why it's epic and why it's better than the average and why it's better than the brand from from why it's better than that brand, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Yeah. Although okay. the ethyl ester it does cure cancer, so I guess. Uh... And maybe if if it prevents water hats, then I think also for other people <laughs> yeah. it could be like yeah, a better yeah. for for certain people, you know. <laughs> and only the people with small hats they can consider just a normal monohydrate to get like a normal hat. But exactly, exactly. <sighs> you guys, <laughs> you you started this. You started the water hat part. <laughs> I just find it funny. <laughs> so, any anything we missed? Any anything you? feel we should discuss or that we cover most of it otherwise we'll have a look what uh, chat have had to say and some good comments this time yeah the, the last thing that i actually wanted to mention it's not super important but when we were talking about side effects and dehydration like i have heard from people who take creatine that they say that they feel thirsty uh so i'm wondering what you guys think about that one yeah, and maybe if I can ask one more question right before this, or well, actually after this, but just to answer that first. Are you guys also using creatine now, or have you in the past? I think you did all of you, right? Yeah. Okay, so then that's maybe interesting, and every one of us could, could should be able to answer this question. So, Jorn or Milan, are you getting thirsty from using creatine? Uh, well, no, I don't think so, because typically you take it with water anyway, so... If I would take the same amount of salt as creatine, which is like known to make you thirsty, I would still have a net hydration effect. So yeah, it, it, it would need to make you very thirsty per gram because you take it with water. So I would say no. So it's not like salt? I don't think so. You know. I agree, but I also can't remember that I was feeling thirsty when I used it, not at all. Oh, I, I have to uh, agree there too. Maybe, <laughs> like I think maybe it was that's an after question. like a nice piece of meat, which has creatine, you always want like a drink with it. No. I also can't really tell that when having creatine that I feel more thirsty than normal. But uh, did you have that experience, Ali? Um, a little bit, but I, yeah, I can't say where it's from because it could also be that if I'm exercising like more then I'm taking creatine, but I'm also sweating more because I'm exercising. So then I'm thirsty. Or because so, of, of course, the hangover from, from, from the day before, from the night out. <laughs> from all the barbecues. <laughs> from all the barbecues in Luke's garden. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, since yeah. we mentioned the water hat stuff so much, uh, that 
reminds me of another topic. Uh, so can creatine <laughs> end up somewhere in your head then? Or uh, <laughs> like your head barely has any muscle, maybe your cheeks. Uh, but of course, the most interesting part there is your brain. Um, can creatine do something for your brain? Yeah. Yeah. By here, um, yeah. No, I thought Casa's going to take it away. <laughs> but yeah, cognition, basically, like there's studies out there, at least uh, that have shown uh, that people like their cognitive skills are, are better um, if they have creatine. Um, but yeah, I don't know what the evidence is on that currently. So does this also mean that if you eat vegetarian, that your cognition <laughs> goes down? That's the real okay. question. <laughs> and if if you would see someone with a real water hat with then having a lot of creatine is actually also because you think oh, they must be smarter because they have bigger brains but they actually are then also maybe smarter <laughs> yeah also exactly. a link you can maybe make so gosh, now that you have a normal size head because uh you know you said before it was smaller and now you're finally uh, smart enough uh, to have the phd title right that's that's a that's a potential theory yeah i don't know if that's true <laughs> so um well like this brain, like Cas mentioned that creatine by far is the most researched supplement has shown time and time again to work. So why haven't we figured this brain stuff out then? Like, why is that not a clear yes or no? Why, why do we know so little about it? So with, with the exercise, you it's of course, but a lot of things, I mean, if you look at the muscle, we can take muscle biopsy. So we can really mechanistically look what's happening inside the muscle. How do the processes work, uh, et cetera. But brain, obviously, you need to have more advanced techniques such as MRI scan to get at least close to understanding how everything works. Um, yeah, so, so it's much more difficult. is one of the few persons in the world who has high quality MRIs, knows how to use them? Were, I'm referring to you, Cas. <laughs> and then my next question is: So why haven't you given people the studies they want? Like, when are you going to do a carnitine supplementation? No. Does it increase brain content, cognition, etc., cetera, etc.? Cetera? Why no, are you keeping have... the people dumb, Cas? I, I don't have to tell you guys that science isn't the fastest uh, procedure in the world. So well, maybe if everyone takes creatine, it can go much faster. True. That's you can true. work harder. You can think of better studies. Still okay, let's uh, let's have a look at uh, at the chat. So, um, one early comment uh, asked: uh, Isn't fat seven calories uh, per gram? So I'll point that one to you, Kas. You mentioned it's nine. So no, where does this seven uh, come from? Uh, alcohol is seven. So I think that's the confusion. Uh, protein and carbs is four. Uh, alcohol is seven, and fat is nine. Yeah. One potentially confusing thing uh, can also be is that you often hear you need uh, when you, so when you ingest fat, it's nine calories, but to lose one gram of fat, you need to burn on average seven calories. And the reason is that one gram of body fat is not a hundred percent fat. Like it has a little bit of water. It has a little bit of protein, which brings the average value down. So you often hear like to lose a kilogram, so a thousand grams of fat, you need to burn on average 7,000 calories, although it's a little bit more complicated. So maybe 
that's another reason why um, why those numbers were uh, confused. Uh, so this is not really uh, a question, but it's definitely worthwhile to mention. Um, Chad seems to agree that the guy in the upper right corner is hot as fuck. Um, I would like you all to uh, agree or disagree. I think this is yeah, worth who, to... who is in the upper right corner? Well, right? for me, I'm, I'm in the upper right corner. So. <laughs> me too. <laughs> yeah, and I, I am too in my case. So, well, so you're clearly, clearly exactly. <laughs> I think Jorn brought it in, so to have us all feel good. Exactly, exactly. So, and then uh, Chad also thinks we all have uh, cool names. Um, so, I don't know what Chad wants. We have no free goodies. You guys can stop uh, kissing our behinds. We have, all we have is bad talking for you. Yeah, but Jorn, who is, who is Chad? I mean, Chad is asking all these questions. What Chad? <laughs> well, Chad we have, with uh, a D, you mean? Well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Chad from the US. Chat person number one is like a doppy. Ah, that's, a, that's a cool name. <laughs> so, uh, and then um, we have Pulse Snipes with a Z at the end. Uh, if you stop supplementing creatine, does it affect natural creatine processing uh, in the body? Because if it's highly dosed for a long time, maybe the body gets used to it does that have some negative side effects? So I think it's a little bit the uh, principle of you, if you take steroids, uh, your natural yeah, production goes down. Uh, and then if you all of a sudden stop your steroids, that's not good because then essentially you have no hormones in your body all of a sudden and bad side effects can happen. So is the same thing true for creatine? So if you've been taking a high dose for a long time and you stop, what happens? So what I would think is that if you stop, it would just kind of like slowly go back to normal. But as far as I know, you don't really like produce your own creatine. I think uh, it's just generally naturally uh, present in your muscle as an energy source. And probably part of that is also maintained by nutrition. Um, yeah, so... Uh, that's why vegetarians are lower right your body does produce a yeah. little bit of creatine like you have the capability but the amount is very little uh, so during creatine supplementation it's completely irrelevant to begin with because even if it would go if your own production would go down to zero it doesn't matter because what you take is so much more that it doesn't matter um, but then the other thing is like you mentioned milan because it goes down so slowly it's a very different situation and we stop taking uh, hormones for example because all of a sudden you stop taking them because it's so gradual your body would probably adjust uh, anyway um, but, but Jorn, how is it produced then or where or is yeah that, it's I don't know. like I, I don't know the exact details but i know that certain amino acids i think methionine uh somehow through some methylation pathways uh can be converted to creatine, but it just it's it's just relatively low and never gives you optimal uh, amounts. Mm. Uh, so in short, the answer is no. You don't have to worry about uh, about side effects. Um, then maybe also, one also more thing. <laughs> maybe one more. Uh, <laughs> well, just like steroids, you never stop taking them. Problem solved. <laughs> so. Um, 
maybe one more thing. So when we did some promo uh, for this podcast, uh, Dr. Scott Forbes said, finally, you guys discussed something uh, interesting. So I hope Dr. Forbes is uh, listening, that he found it interesting, that he learned a lot. I know, uh, uh, well, maybe it's just good to say, Dr. Forbes will put it on YouTube so you can watch it again. On YouTube, you can even display it at 0.5x speed, so you can really study it in your own time. Um, but yeah, I'm happy we picked a uh, topic to your interest. On a more serious note, uh, Dr. Scott Forbes does a lot with creatine. So if people thought like, okay, these guys, I knew all, uh, all of this already, just Google his name, Scott Forbes, and you'll find some uh, interesting creatine uh, work. Johan, there's uh, still another question from uh, Paul Snipes, and it's about uh, common side effect of hair loss. I'm interested if any of you has an answer uh, to this, because I have I have some opinion. Yeah, I, I personally, like, I've never heard this. Uh, and uh, Cass still has hair, so I think uh, there's nothing to worry about. <laughs> Maybe, maybe, maybe it looks not, like maybe it's, maybe it's not real. Maybe it's not real. Yeah. Who knows? Maybe, maybe because of the big water head, then it looks like you're losing hair, but that's just because you got more surface area. Possible. <laughs> now, so what I uh, think, um, what might have inspired this question, like a few years back, there was a study that suggested that uh, long-term creatine supplementation increased the concentration of uh well a special form of testosterone uh so not regular testosterone but uh dnt and that hormone is sometimes linked to hair loss um, but one that causal relationship between that hormone and hair loss is quite questionable to begin with and two often people they um how should i explain this they struggle with how quantifiable things are so if something increases a hormone by let's say 40 percent then it sounds like whoa a 40 percent increase but usually you have to increase a hormone like 400 percent before it even starts becoming slightly relevant so a 40 percent increase sounds like a lot but usually it just doesn't do that much um, so not a lot of research has been done in this topic so i definitely cannot say like oh no worries like some of the other things um but what i can say there's just absolutely no convincing evidence that it does cause uh hair loss although let's admit it all these successful bodybuilders are bald so maybe that's a correlation <laughs> but that's also they're also most of them using some other stuff that actually has some maybe a bit more strength to uh to that question what what stuff are you referring to gus so there are some some steroids that if you take them that 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 actually are you has, telling has me that my heroes are taking steroids <laughs> not, not yours not oh, okay, yours. Okay, okay they're all they're all natural <laughs> it's but still the, but, real but, to me damn it but yeah. the posters that milan has in his bedroom they're all like on they're all like on <laughs> 
All of those are. All SO. You mean all the guys yeah. in the Speedos? Exactly. Have you ever, just have uh, poses of cars in my bedroom. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. Have you guys They're ever seen that meme um, where like, uh, like a grown man is like crying because uh, it's uh, like, it's, it's something about like professional wrestling. So WWF, stuff like that. And he's like, it's still real to me, damn it. <laughs> That's a little bit uh, how you guys disillusion me that some people might take steroids. Okay, I think um, that's a wrap for today. Um, so again, if people uh, want to watch this in their own time, um, go check the YouTube channel. If you have suggestions for other topics, um, let us know there. If you have more uh, in-depth questions on creatine that you think of later, you can also um, post them there and uh, occasionally look at our channel. So thanks for watching. Thanks for being here, guys, and I'll hope to see everyone soon again.